You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my girlfriends and I tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I'm your host. Today, I have with me Crystal Soditis, and she is a fellowship-trained academic pediatrician. She practiced for 15 years, and then she moved to utilization management. She now reviews post-service claims and appeals for medical necessity. About two years ago, she decided to pursue a coaching certification as a way to enhance her leadership style. She was certified by the Life Coach School as a life and weight coach in April of 2018 and was promoted to a senior director of clinical programs in August of 2019. So she has got a lot going on. Hi, Crystal. Thank you so much for being with me today. Hey, Joanne. It's great to be here. Thank you. Fill in the blanks. What did I miss about who you are and what you do? Tell me a little bit more about your personal life. You got most of the, you know, high points. Yeah, I work for a major healthcare insurance company and uh, I was initially hired sort of as your first line utilization management um, medical director and reviewing mostly, I'm a pediatrician, but actually I was hired to do commercial general adults and kids, but circumstances circumstances happen. And within three months, I was co-managing the entire Medicare population for the middle part of the country, what we called Mid-America. You are kidding. It was a deep, steep learning curve. But what I always tell people is a one sort of silver lining to that is that I, I realized how much I absolutely love medicine, all kinds of medicine. Steep learning curve, but incredibly interesting. And I'm so happy. And one thing doctors can do, man, is we can learn. You know it. You know it. Yep. And so I did that for about 18 months. And then I moved to another part of the company, which is where I am now, reviewing all post-service. Um, so mostly okay. live claims, so claims that haven't been approved or denied yet, and then any appeals that might come from a denied claim. Also incredibly interesting. The first time something gets done, there's no code. Uh, and that and all of those come to us. So the first time, you know, someone decides to treat bladder cancer with with BCG, it came to us and we reviewed it and said, yep, this has some merit and there's some good peer reviewed literature. And so we will cover it. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. That's one of my favorite. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm nerding out on this. I'm on my 16th year of maternity leave. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, no. <laughs> but I'm always thinking about other things that I could do. But anyway, so are you working from home then? Yeah, I work 100% from home. That is amazing. And yeah. do you work full time? I work full time. But my full time is literally eight to five. Now that I've been promoted, it's a little bit more than eight to five. But really, it's, it's, you know, the other time, the other time that I put in is purely because I want to, because we're doctors, because we're driven, because we're type A. And so, yeah, I clear out my emails on my days off because I don't want to come back to 200 emails after after we decide to do that and do it when you want to. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There's nobody expecting me to do it. I work an average of three Saturdays a year and that's my weekend commitment. There's no nights, there's no pager. It's great for family life. My oldest daughter has no recollection of me working all weekend and being outside of the house all weekend long, missing those 15 minute events in school that you get notified of 10 days before. (laughs) So tell me how many kids you have and in what part of the country do you live? So I live in Chicago. I have three girls, 11, eight, and six. They are a lot of fun. Oh, 
Well, as you know, the purpose of this podcast is to take women who look like we have it all together because we always look that way from the outside or most of the time we do. Sometimes we're a hot mess and we know it. (laughs) And to tell our not so fancy stories so that we seem more relatable to each other. So what have you got for us today? What is your not so fancy story? Okay. So when I switched over to the part of the company that I'm in now, all of my training was also virtual. I had a trainer, I had two trainers, but one primary trainer, and we talked on the phone, we shared our screen, and this was over the course of several weeks. And we got to know each other, you know, it was very friendly, collegial relationship. But then in March, we always do a few days of in-person face-to-face training, because there are just some things that really require that that face-to-face time. So living in Chicago, we decided to do the face-to-face training in mid-March. And for those of you that live within, you know, in an area that gets Lake Effect snow, of course, on that Monday morning, the first morning that I was coming in for my training, we had a freak snowstorm, blizzard really, just in downtown Chicago. Uh, and I take the train like I live in the city of Chicago I much prefer to take public transportation I grew up on Long Island I spent a lot of time in Manhattan I love actually taking public transportation it's just a great way to see the city and interact with people but our office since the last time I had been to the office had moved and I'm not a native Chicagoan the type a person in me on any other weekend would have gone into downtown, had my husband drive around to make sure that I knew where the building was, but I don't even remember why. We just, it just didn't happen. Just didn't. But again, I'm in New York. I'm like, yeah, Chicago's mostly a grid. Should be fine. Except for this one street called Wacker, which kind of curves around and there's like <laughs> upper Wacker, <laughs> Wacker. I mean, okay. So I get off the Wacker train. street. Wow. Yeah, I can't even get over it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I get off the train and it wasn't even snowing that much where I live. I mean, this is lake effect snow. You could go a half a mile west and it hasn't even snowed. But this is lake effect wow. snow. So it is coming down sideways downtown. Mm. Great. So I get off. I get my handy dandy phone and I've got my map. And I'm thinking, oh, it's right here. And I'm just following the map and I look up and I can't find the building. Can't find the building. I ended up walking around for over an hour. I'm calling the way the phones work. You can't really get, you can't get to somebody directly, but finally, and for some reason I couldn't do it via email on my phone. I mean, this is six years ago, right? So things just weren't Mm -hmm. quite as sophisticated as they are now. Finally, an hour later, and I'm all flustered, right? I'm late. This is the first time I'm meeting this person face to face. I'm all flustered. I get in the building. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it's so great to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And he's so nice. He's like, yeah, just sit down. And we end up with, we, we spend the rest of our morning doing our training. Morning's going fine. I don't think anything of it. Finally, it's time to break for lunch. I said, well, okay, let me go to the ladies room and then we'll go and figure out what we're going to do for lunch. I go to the ladies' room, I walk into the bathroom, I look in the mirror, and my makeup and mascara was all over my face, like raccoon oil. <laughs> no, you're kidding. I mean, it was like, I looked like, it was actually a cross between like raccoon eyes and what's the name of the clown from It? <laughs> <laughs> 
Except instead of being black, instead of being red, it was black. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I've been sitting here for two hours. Did you do like a classic double take when you saw yourself in the mirror? Like, huh? What is that? I could not believe it. I could have, I was like, I've been sitting here for two hours and he has not said a thing. And we laugh about it now. How did he keep a straight face? I have no idea. I have no idea. How did he take you seriously? And we laugh about it now. But he's like, <laughs> we've told the story. He's like, I just didn't know what to say. And I don't want to, never want to say to a woman. The, the funny thing is, is he's an OBGYN. So he like oh. has dealt with women his whole career. He's like, women oh are so, God. you know, they're so touchy about their makeup. And I didn't want to say anything. It was the first time we were meeting. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> But he'd seen you oh, yeah. over Skype before, so he knew that was not usually the way you chose to do your makeup. <laughs> oh, my my team, we don't do anything video. Oh no. Oh, so he so for all he knew that that was just a really interesting choice that you'd made there. That could have been right. He's like, wow, she's kind of got the goth look going. Okay, <laughs> her clothes aren't really matching that, but I'll go with yeah, it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, oh my God. so when you came out of the restroom and met back up with him, what were the words that popped out of your mouth? I was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize like my makeup was all over my face. You know, you, I think I did tell him like, you could have told me something. And he's like, oh, it was fun. I didn't want to upset you. I'm like, oh my goodness. Lord have mercy. Yeah. He could have said Maybe. something like, you know what? You have been so frazzled why don't you just the restrooms right down the hall go in there and just take a moment right like or you know <laughs> oh my gosh that's so fu- i'm sorry yeah, that yeah. happened to you but it sounds yeah. like it couldn't have happened with a nicer guy oh yeah absolutely yeah and we both like now now we both are senior directors together so it's fun we jointly tell other people the story yeah see this is the thing we don't tell each other these stories a lot of times number one it would make someone else's foible seem not so awful. Number two, it's funny. I mean, it's just funny. It's just fun to laugh about him. And so I'm trying to start a movement where we tell each other these stories as a habit, just for an avenue toward connection. So I I love that you and he are telling that story because you just never know when somebody really needs to hear something like that. I mean, yeah, it's also good to break the ice. It's also really just good for a moment of levity. But on a more serious note, you never know when somebody is so wound up about something that happened to them that they're just dying. And then they hear the story about you and they're like, okay, maybe that wasn't so bad. She's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it just kind of depends on someone's nature. When I was in high school, I had a best friend who was in band and she was the drum major and she's super social and she knew everybody and they were on this this bus trip and they went to this rest stop. And when she came out, she had a toilet seat cover tucked into the back of her pants. Oh my gosh. I would have died in high school. Died. Yeah, yeah. Well, she just she she thought it was funny, but she didn't really care because that's just kind of her nature. Like she's always yucking it up. So I know that some people don't really need to hear stories like that, but some people do. So anyway, thank you for sharing your story. (laughs) I love it so much. I really wish you would have taken a selfie. Oh, yeah. That was, you know what? And that was like, I guess it probably wasn't pre-selfie, but it was like, I wasn't like into like the selfie at that point. I wouldn't even thought of it. I would have been like, okay, I... I have got to clean myself up, but first let me take a picture and send it to my husband. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
Oh, that's so crazy. Today's episode is brought to you by Beauty Bioscience. I am using their R45, the reversal three-phase retinol booster system on my skin. It's a system that you use twice a year where you take a break from your usual nighttime serum. And this treatment is meant to work double time on discoloration, wrinkles, enlarged pores, and uneven texture. I finished phase one last week. Now I'm on to phase two. When you start a retinol, it's very important not to use too much at the beginning or you'll get sensitivity, redness, flaking. This product is formulated as a (laughs) no-brainer. There are two solutions that you apply every night. They are in the same container. You do a pump of each. You do that for 14 nights, and then you go to phase two. So the retinol concentration automatically ramps up for you. They also stand up on your countertop versus tubes that lay down and get, you know, rolling all around and batted off by the cat. And the containers are really pretty. They're like this rose gold and light pink and... I'm kind of a sucker for pretty packaging. I am following this treatment up with a moisturizer called the Quench, which is their moisturizer that you use when your skin is under a little bit more stress than normal. When I'm finished with this 45-day treatment, I'll probably revert to one of their maintenance evening serums. So I'll let you know how that goes too. Their website is beautybio.com. And don't forget to use the coupon code FANCYFREE. You'll get 15% off of everything in your cart when you purchase. Check them out. Do you have a quick life hack that you use that you think the listeners might enjoy? I do. My life hack that I started doing back in, it was probably like 15 years ago. I know because I was training to uh, climb Kilimanjaro, Mount Kilimanjaro. And um, I started to have to go to the gym every day to train. And the only time that I could really get it done was the morning. Like I'm not, if I'm not an afternoon gym person, um, Mm. I have to go in the morning. I have to like just wake up, put my clothes on and walk out the door and not even think about you don't want to be dreading that all day no. yeah oh yeah that's exactly it and if the littlest thing happens like oh that patient ran 15 minutes late I can't go to the gym now I guess I can't go now oh well maybe tomorrow exactly yeah. in the same way yeah <laughs> I was living in Galveston Texas at the time I would take my clothes to the gym before work there was a whole group of us that would like shower and get changed and get ready for work at the gym and so I started to take my clothes out the night before so all I had to do was get dressed grab my bag, grab the hangers with the clothes on them and walk out the door. And I just found like, even though when we moved to Chicago from Galveston, I don't go to the gym in the morning anymore. But I just find like, having your clothes set out the night before making that decision ahead of time, is just like, it's just so freeing for my mind. Because in the morning, my mind is a blank, like I would just be standing in that front of that closet, like, what am I going to wear today? But when I know, even now working from home, it's such a habit. I do honestly work in sweats. I do get dressed every day. And I have my clothes in the bathroom. Even though it's sweatpants, maybe a t-shirt, bar underwear, socks. I have them set out on the counter because it's just habit and it's great. I just wake up, I get out of the shower, put my clothes on, move on with my day. So you're basically saying what time of day do you more easily make decisions? Whatever that time of day is get your clothes laid out at that point so that when you're fumbling in the morning and not clear headed yet, you don't have to 
that's that's great. That is such good advice. I love it. The other thing too is you just decide this is what I'm going to wear today. If you need to try it on to check to make sure it fits or you like still like the way yeah. it looks or whatever, okay, do that the night before. And then you don't start out your day with decision fatigue. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. We're trying your clothes on because you've tried on three different outfits. Now you're running 15 minutes late. Mm-hmm, totally. Oh my gosh, that's so smart. It seems like more work, but I think in the end, you know, once you do the tally, it's definitely less work and less stress Yeah, to get the outfit figured out ahead of time. I joined this thing called the Everyday Style Group. There's a stylist named Jennifer McEmary, and I love her. And she does capsule wardrobes where every season she comes out with 30 pieces. You can make a whole bunch of outfits if you buy these key pieces. And then not only have I not had to struggle so hard to figure out how to put together the stuff in my wardrobe. But I am more creative with what I wear because of yeah. that. it isn't like you have to buy 30 new pieces every season. She reuses certain key pieces. It's just fun to me. It's like having a recipe that you can do a creative spin on, but at least there's like this basic recipe. So this is, it's kind of a similar mentality, but I could marry the two and then life would be so easy. Oh yeah. Just figure out yeah. which outfit I'm doing, stick it out the night before. Yeah. I love it. It's awesome. What have you been loving lately that you think the listeners will love too? I do love podcasts. I am a podcast addict. And other than Fancy Free, of course, <laughs> I love to listen to How I Built This. Oh, I love How I Built This. My 11-year-old loves it too. And that's always fun. Revisionist History with Malcolm Gladwell. He does a really, really interesting take on the way we think and historical events that most people don't even know about just looking at them in a different way. And his humor is incredibly dry, like ridiculously dry. And I love it. And then I listen to to a bunch of other podcasts. I mean, I probably have like 25 podcasts in my feed. It's it's a problem. Yeah. I'm a podcast junkie myself. Yeah. I don't have that much time right now to watch like TV, TV, but when I do, I'll binge. If I want something light, I'll do American housewife. If I want something more emotional, I'll do This Is Us. I think that's one that Scott and I tried. We did a whole sampling of a bunch of series when we got finished with a series we were watching. And we were, you know, when you get finished with one, it's like, oh, no, what are we going right. to watch? Give me like a quick synopsis of the This Is Us storyline. It's based around a family. So there are three siblings. They are all born on the same day, two of which are biological twins that were originally triplets. So mom was pregnant with triplets. One of the triplets Mm -hmm. died. And then they adopted, it's a white family who adopted an African-American baby born on the same day. So the three were raised as basically triplets. Okay, this is not one I've tried. Interesting. I think they're on their third season and it goes back and forth between the parents' relationship like from when they were dating and it goes all the way into the future and it's this family's life and, you know, and their extended family and some of the kids have had kids and, and it it really, it gives you little teasers in terms of the past and it gives you teasers in in terms of the future of what ultimately happens to this family. It's kind of emotional and it's interesting. I just like it. I like it. Cool. I'm going to try it. Sounds great. You know what my girls and I are, are having fun watching is the Gilmore Girls. I know. I mean, it's oh, from yeah. back when they were babies, but we didn't, I didn't watch yeah. it then because I didn't, you know, oh, yeah. I usually just watch whatever my husband wants to watch because he's more into TV than I am. 
But now the girls and I are having so much fun watching that. I guess, have you watched that with your girls or are they a bit, a bit young for it still? No, I mean, I've never, I was never that into it. And I don't know if we only have, we don't have cable. We only have Amazon Prime. What my girls are really into, and my oldest one was into it from the beginning, like when they first started. Now I think they're on like season four of um, something called Just Add Magic. It's an Amazon Prime original series about a magical cookbook. I'm doing stuff around the house and I'm listening in the background and, you know, sometimes they'll put it on their tablets because they have Kindle fires and, and it's really cute and I really like it. And so sometimes I'll like stop and I'll watch an episode or something or I'll ask a question. Of course, my oldest, Anna, if I ask her a question, she's like, you're just going to have to sit and watch with us, mama. Okay. <laughs> That's so cute. It's kind of fun to have something that you can talk about like that between you and, you know, enjoy together. Yeah. And my kids are like, come on, mom, let's go watch Gilmore Girls. And I'm like, oh, I'm busy. I'm, you guys just watch yeah. it. Sometimes I let them watch it without me. But then I'm like, you have to tell me exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? When I was in residency, our chairman said, pay yourself first. So I started with automatically... Twice a month, I would have $50 automatically moved into a savings account. And so that's how I built my savings. And there were times in my residency and certainly in fellowship where I was, I mean, even moonlighting in fellowship, I was just poor. The bank account was down to double digits, but that money just went, it just went into my savings account, went into my savings account without even thinking about it. And that sort of naturally morphed into, you know, living below my means. So, and that's what we've always done. And it's saved us in quite a few instances, our habit to, you know, live below our means. I think even living at your means is a hard sell in our culture. Yeah. yeah. That's so brilliant. I am so lucky that I married who I did because he does that too. He'll just take the paycheck and he'll put whatever amount he thinks needs to go into the investment and this and that and the other thing, plops the rest into the bank account and I spend every penny of it every month. We did not come to that routine easily. We had to learn about ourselves and each other, learn about what was important and learn about our habits and be really honest about them. Because he at first, because yeah. I was doing the bills, like, Joanne, just put this amount every month into this. And I'm like, I cannot do this. I can't, I'm not disciplined enough. So when we restructured it, it's like, I don't even think about it. I don't even know about that money. And, and not that he's keeping it from me, but it's like, it comes right off the top before the money even hits the account. And that sounds like what, you, what you've always done too, which is you just don't, so it isn't like you have to make the decision, do I send this check this month? No, I right. better not because I have this or that expense coming up. It just comes out and it's just the way it is. That's Yeah, that's awesome. What is one surprising thing about you nobody would be able to tell just by looking? There's this trait called emotional intensity, and I have it to a T. I get into something and it's all I can think, do, live, and breathe for a period of time. Huh. Interesting. The, the podcasts are a key example. I'm just like very into them. I listen to them every chance I get. I get in the car. I'm like, you need an errand run? I'll do it because I can't do it when the, I can't, I'm not going to have like a podcast in my ear while I'm, you know, trying to do something with a kid. Like if we're going to the park, like that just doesn't work. Yeah. But if I'm in the car, but like cruising, we, we started cruising and I got way, I'm still way into cruising. Like I love to talk about cruising. I would go on a cruise. Like I would move to Florida so I could go. <laughs> really? How interesting. Yeah. I get into it and I am like in deep, deep. Huh. 
so that's the positive side of it. Does it also yeah. affect you negatively? Like if one of your kids is having an issue, you become kind of paralyzed because it's all you can think about and all you can problem solve on inside your head and stuff. Does it work negatively toward to you too? Um, I mean, I can think of some examples where I got a little bit obsessed over trying to get something done where I could not let go of the fact that this was not in my hands. Like we're very good as physicians. We're very good box checkers. You know, I just need to check all of these boxes and then it will get done. And there are some things in life where it's not a question of checking a box. I mean, it's kind of out of your control. Yeah, that's hard. And realizing that letting go of that was very, very hard. Tell me a little bit about your life coaching business and how you got interested in that and where we can find more about that online. I started listening to the Life Coach School podcast and I got really interested in sort of the structure and the tools that are taught through that school. And then as a spinoff, there's a, a physician coach named Katrina Ubell and she coaches women on weight loss. And she had Chris Blackie on her podcast, who is a leadership coach. And at that point, she was she was coaching, you know, managers. And I got really interested in Chris's podcast, and started to incorporate some of her strategies, even though I wasn't a manager at that point. Life Coach School used to only do in person certification. And when I was starting to be certified, they announced that they were going to start to do online classes and do virtual certification. Well, I jumped on that because I knew that those tools would really help me to enhance my leadership skills and help me to ultimately get promoted, which they did. I never really considered doing the coaching practice on the side, but while I was in my certification, I realized that the gifted community is really underserved community. Many physicians are gifted. Many physicians have gifted children. And Uh, It can be a struggle, especially when you become an adolescent and a young adult and you've been told you're brilliant for your whole life. And then all of us, everybody comes up against a struggle. Like you reach a wall. For some people, it's in high school. For some people, it's in residency or fellowship. So I decided that because of the need in the community, that that was where I was going to start a little side gig, if you will, where I would just coach gifted young adults and adolescents that were struggling professionally, you know, personally or academically, because you can Google, how do I help my gifted child? And there's a million things for the parents. Mm-hmm. People or adults don't refer to themselves as gifted. Yep, you're right. It's like, well, you were gifted as a kid, but now what? You're not, you're just, you know, you're just your average Joe or you're just quirky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. You're right. Putting it all together. I, uh, I said, this is a real need in the community and I still love my job. I have no intention of quitting my day job to pursue it full time, but I do enjoy it. I like blogging. I like writing about different topics. I like contributing to the coaching community. I love the coaches. There's a whole group of physician coaches that have been certified through the Life Coach School now. And we're also a very cohesive, very supportive group. So it's been a great experience. Wow. It's an issue that's near and dear for me because my husband husband and I are both I, I don't know. I even the term gifted. I just feel like it's all so loaded. But that's another thing. Yeah. Gosh, you know. But we both do have, for better or for worse, above average IQ. Yeah. You can say your IQ is far to the right on the bell curve. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it doesn't. I mean, anytime you you want to say anything, like I'm just trying to describe myself objectively, but it sounds so braggy. 
But anyway, my kids got tested when they were really young. And I was like, you know, yeah, go ahead and test them. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. And then they tested into this program within a program in their public school in Reno. And I was really resistant to it because I don't know, I just didn't want them to be pigeonholed. And I didn't want to close their social circle. And I don't know, I was really concerned, but I went to an educational meeting for parents who were trying to decide whether or not to put their kids in this program. And one of the things that the director said was, if your children are testing into this, then the general classroom is not meeting their needs. And I was like, Ugh, I got to Okay, I really want my kids needs met. We've never told them like what their test scores were or anything. And I'm always really careful to tell my kids, you are not your IQ, right? It's maybe an element of your identity. It's certainly an element of what you're dealing with as far as your raw <laughs> material of who you are. But you know, this don't let this narrow you, you are not, you know, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, you are so right, though, that once you get to college, you're just kind of on your own. There aren't any more special supports for those kids. There aren't any more avenues where they're being, or, I mean, maybe there are by now, but when I went to college, it was like, you know, yeah. I just, yeah. my counselor put me in all the hardest classes because, you know, based on what I'd taken in high school, and what my test scores were, I, I realized within the first week of college that I was completely drowning and if I hadn't had the guts to go back to my advisor and say, this isn't working for me, I need help. I don't know what would have happened. But anyway, he just rearranged my schedule for me. It wasn't the end of the world, but it was hard for me to admit that I you know, wasn't doing well. And then there was another readjustment period for me at the beginning of medical school because I had basically coasted and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I have to study, not just for one day, but maybe for one week for each test. You know, it's just, right. you're right. There's no, there's just nobody there to, to help you navigate those, those transition times and they can be really hard. Yeah. And there are people that, you know, for the first time they fail and they, or they fail out and they, their identity is so wrapped up. Yes. Not everyone does for their kids what you're doing and their whole identity, their whole life. They've been told you're brilliant. You're so smart. You do so well and you're so driven. And then, and their whole identity is tied up in being the smart, driven valedictorian, and suddenly that's being challenged. Well, maybe I'm not that smart. Maybe this isn't what I always wanted. Maybe I was supposed to be a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, and I don't actually want to do that. And it creates an identity crisis. It's, it sure does. My first identity crisis was when I stopped being a competitive gymnast. And so I think I got a lesson in identity crisis when I was still in the nest. And I think that was really useful for me. I didn't know it at the time. It was awful. I was like, well, who am I now? Because yeah. I had always gotten good grades and everything, but that wasn't, my identity was much more wrapped up in the fact that I was a competitive gymnast in, than in the fact that I was successful in school. And then when I went to medical school, I almost, it, in my mind, I almost failed my first biochemistry test. I remember, I, I think I got a 78% and I'm, that had never happened to me before. And instead of going, okay, I need to buckle down and rearrange my schedule and figure out how to study in more depth, I spiraled into this, oh my God, I guess I'm not smart enough to be a doctor. What am I going to do now? We've already paid the tuition. I mean, it was really scary. Yeah. And in the end, it was fine. I never got a bad grade yeah. in medical school again, never. But if I hadn't had the support, and one of the things that I decided to do is I went to medical school in my hometown so that my family was there. I kind of knew I might need that support, but not yeah. everybody has that. Right. right. And my family was able to support me. My dad's a doctor. So you know, it's not like my family was like, well, I don't know, maybe you aren't smart enough to be a doctor. My dad was like, you're fine. Yeah. Just, but you know, <laughs> not everybody has that. So, oh my gosh, I think that is so 
amazing that you are doing that. I love the idea. I love the concept. I think that your clients are so, so lucky that you came up with this void in the market for a support system for people who need to be supported in that and aren't. It's amazing. I love it. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Tell us what your website is. Lifecoachingforgifted.com. And that's where I usually put up a I put up a blog post about once a month or so. Facebook page, I usually link the blog post to there and I might put in a few other things on the Facebook page. My daughter keeps telling me that we're gonna we're gonna set up a TikTok account so I can do like one minute coaching on TikTok. Mm. <laughs> like, okay. That's such a great idea because that's where your audience, those young adults, that's kind of where they're hanging out. Well, Crystal, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. It's been great. So much fun. Awesome. I can't wait to hear it. Thank you so much for listening to the Fancy Free Podcast. Wasn't Crystal interesting? I loved hearing about her career path from pediatrician to Medicare specialist at an insurance company. And I absolutely love the product that she's providing through her coaching service. I just think it's fascinating. Make sure to check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 59 so that you can find all of the links for the things that we discussed today. Next week on the show, we have our very first return guest. You probably remember Shelly Knight. She had an adorable British accent, and she told us last time about some nursing stories. She's coming back to tell us about how she botched her husband's marriage proposal twice, (laughs) but third time was the charm, so it has a happy ending. She is so much fun. You're going to absolutely love it. So if you aren't already, make sure you subscribe to the show so new episodes pop into your feed each week. And if you want more laughter, connection, and sharing, why not join us on the Fancy Free Facebook group? It's our little private slice of the internet where we can laugh at ourselves together and share and chat. The question of the week this week is, have you ever had uh, something about Mary hair or makeup malfunction that you didn't realize was occurring until later, kind of like Crystal's makeup situation? And if you don't know what I'm talking about with something about Mary, I will link to a YouTube video of the scene from something about Mary. Definitely not appropriate for kids. (laughs) I would love it if you'd follow the Fancy Free podcast on Instagram, and it would make my entire week if you would leave a five-star rating and written review for the show at Apple Podcasts. Not only does it do my heart good to hear what you're loving about the show, but it also just really helps out the show. We are growing and it's so much fun to watch those numbers increase, but let's reach as many people as we can. Have a great week and remember, no one is as fancy as they look. (laughs) 